What's up, friends? This is No Tagline Wit here. I'm usually joined by my co-host, Triple F Queen Bola, but she's going to be out for a few episodes. So for this episode, we're joined by a guest host, uh, our friend Lequa. And we are blurting out about so many things that we actually had to break this episode into two parts. So this first episode is our blurt out episode. And you can find our The Blackening review in the episode next week. So enjoy the enjoy the pod. what I like because I tried to figure it out one time because maybe it's because I mixed up my Asian mm-hmm. <laughs> egg rolls and I thought they have the same sauce but I got one kind and I'm like I don't like this sauce it's not what I thought <laughs> it was yeah it just depends on where you're at and what they serve but you know it's only about like well I don't know I feel like around here they serve you about five different sauces for dipping and that's kind of it, you, you see the chili sauce, peanut sauce, sweet and sour sauce. There is some sort of clear fish type of sauce that I, I've had. I just can't remember what I've had it with. But I know the one you're talking about. I probably have had it with like Thai food, to be honest. Mm. And then there's like peanut sauce. And okay. then, you know, then there's that lovely brown soy sauce that comes with dumplings. But um, I think that's just called dumpling sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's something, it's something different. It's not like just soy sauce. It's like soy, garlic, ginger, mm. a little something else. It's got a little some something to it. Some some. Yeah. What's up, you guys? This is Blurred Talk with usually Bola and Whitney, but we are here now with special guests. Well, I don't know how you want to be presented, Lequa, if you wanted to give your Lequa name. I guess or... I can go by Lequa. Just Lequa, okay. <laughs> Special <laughs> guest Lequa here with us. So I'm no tagline wit. Usually we have Triple F Queen Bola here, but she's going to be out for a couple episodes. So we are actually guest hosting with our... This is the first time Lequa has been on the podcast. We've been asking her yes, for a little while. Yes, I've been invited a number of times. <laughs> this is the first time that I've been able to make it work for my schedule. This we're going to have some fun today. This yeah. feels like a gr- our great white whale. <laughs> it's like, we got Lequa. <laughs> <laughs> We've been asking you for a while. Great white whale. Well, you guys <laughs> tend to ask with a little short notice. You know, I was asked last week. I pulled up. I'm here. I made it. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. How it goes today. <laughs> but yes, really glad to finally have Lequa on the pod. I'm sure you'll be back, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. hopefully. All right. But um, our topic, our main topic that we're reviewing today is the blackening. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Thank you for participating in the sound effects, Lequa. Yes, always. <laughs> 
But um, before we get to the main topic, as usual, we have our segment called Blurred Out. Usually Bola does that little number, but I guess I'm going to have to try to make it work myself. So uh, Leek was probably going to give me an eye look for this. Blurred out. Dun, dun, a blurred out. Dun, dun, a blurred out. Dun, dun, a blurred out. Dun, dun, dun. Yes! was participating in all of the sounds of the power. Yes. All right. So the Blurred Out segment is just uh, our segment where we talk about things that are of interest to us, things that have happened that we like, or were just happened that we wanted to talk about. So as the guest... Things that happened or things that are happening? Happened or happening or just like an interest. Like, for example, if like you, like your favorite author came out with a new book that you started on and you're like, oh, this book is fire Um, or it was trash. (laughs) I don't know. I probably have two different things going on. All right. Probably just pick one or you can pick more than one. Okay. So, um, Lequa here. Uh, hello, guys. First time <laughs> meeting y'all. Whitney and I have been friends for a very long time. I guess probably, oh my gosh, 20, 20 some years now. Original, yes. original blurred friends. Mm-hmm. Definitely blurred. Also a black alternative girl. That'll come into play a little bit later on today. <laughs> um, but part of my blurtiness is really enjoying paranormal romance novels. Mm. And so I recently kind of got back on a kick of like rereading all of my Cressley Cole books just because I just felt like it one day. I think she's got about 18 books in a series. Oh, wow. And she took like a five-year break <laughs> from like 2017 to 2022. And I haven't read the book that was released in 2022 yet because to be quite honest, the last book in 2017 was a little disappointing. So I'm like, ah, uh, I don't know. She's disappointing me. She's not really delivering like she used to. But, you know, I'm, I'm rereading all of the books. And I think, you know, I have, I have one more book to reread. And then I'm going to reread the one that came out in 2022. So I had already been planning on doing this anyway. But lo and behold, uh, this week, her Facebook page became active again. Oh. And she just announced that she's dropping two new books. <laughs> so she's <laughs> dropping a novella in uh, the end of this year in 2023. Mm-hmm. And then she's dropping a full length book in the end of 2024 and basically the way romance novels work is that they there's certain convictions of the genre right so there always have to be two characters they always have to meet they have to be at odds with one another Mm -hmm. in the beginning they have to overcome some sort of obstacle and then they have to fall in love and the novel has to end happily (laughs) that is the framework now you can take this framework and you can put it wherever you want you can put it in space, you can add vampires, you can add <laughs> aliens, you can add witches, you can put it back in time, you can put it in Europe, you can put it in Viking eras, but the book has to go that way. And so there's standalone books and then there's series. And basically the way a series works is that there's typically a group of characters that are introduced in the first book, either they're related or they're friends. And so then the love story focuses on two people. But then in the next book, what happens is that um, one of the characters from the previous book, they get their own love story. And you kind of just go through until you get um, to the end of the series and everyone has their own happily ever after. Like Bridgerton? Yes, Bridgerton was a romance novel series, and okay. it just followed their. I've, I have I've read all those because I also <laughs> like the historicals. 
Um, <laughs> and, you know, in, in my opinion, I think the books are better than the show. Oh, yeah. Really? Um, yeah. I'll, as a romance novel fan, I think the books are better. I think they've made some changes in the show that as a as the as a book fan, mm-hmm. I don't quite agree with. Ah. Um, I feel like the character Eloise mm-hmm. that is on like the TV show is really the character Hyacinth from the books. Oh. <laughs> and, and that doesn't quite sit right with me. I also don't really care for like what they did with Marina Thompson's character because Which her character, she? she's like the black girl from the first, the one that, um, the one that they thought was pregnant that was trying to trap Colin oh, Bridgerton. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, in the books, she actually is, um, Eloise's husband's first wife. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's. <laughs> It's, you know, they've kind of have mixed and mashed some things up with like the character storylines that I don't quite care for. Mm. And, you know, they also took out like some really great scenes, particularly in the second season. Oh. Like, I think all the, the, the race mixing stuff is really great. Like, mm-hmm. I really like all of that because, you know, in, in your imagination, people can be whatever you imagine them to be. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter how the author describes them. So I think that's cool. And I think the visual re- representations are really awesome. But what um, I don't care for is like how they take away some of the really good stuff from the books just to kind of make it a little bit more Racy. sensationalized oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and palatable for TV. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's the game. That's how it goes, you know. But, yeah, you know, if, if you feel like a good, you know, role in the paranormal paranormal romance novel you know Cressley Cole's good Hmm. you know she's my favorite out of all the paranormal romance authors so far so is she mainly that's her main vehicle was Facebook to communicate with like fans yeah yes you know a lot of a lot of book authors man a lot of the older ones they don't do all that Twitter and TikTok and Instagram nah it's and and the thing is she doesn't even run the Facebook her assistant runs it because her assistant puts her name at the end of the posts in brackets <laughs> but that's that's how they do it it's funny to me because i'm like thinking from almost like a marketing standpoint when you're like you said her name is cressida cole cressy cressley cressley cole i'm like mm-hmm. and you're like her facebook page became active again i'm like oh that's something you don't want to have and it's like oh it's been years and it's active again Yes. Yes. She started posting again and it's like, okay, she's like, oh, and I have some announcements and everyone, cause you know, book fans are, are like this. Like I, I think, you know, people think about fandom in different mm-hmm. ways, but like, you know, I've been reading her. I don't even know, like a friend put me on to her like maybe 10 or 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. And with books, you know, they come out, you, you're lucky if you get one book a year from an author. True. And, you know, the hardback typically comes out first. So I've, I, you know, I've been reading her since I think before I even had a Kindle. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you save up your money and the hardback comes out first <laughs> and it's like 25, 30 bucks. And the paperback is always seven or eight, but mm-hmm. the hardback comes out first and the library doesn't always have a copy mm-hmm. and you can't always get one online. So it's definitely one of those things like if you're committed to, an author mm-hmm. and you, you care about them. You're on there because authors have websites. You're on their website. You're looking at it. You're mm-hmm. like, you know, when is the next book coming out? <laughs> and you know, things happen. Like the book releases get pushed back sometimes. Mm-hmm. And there was like a whole Reddit about her, that it's like, what happened to her? Where <laughs> is she? <laughs> we heard she had Lyme disease and now oh. we haven't heard anything from her. Oh <laughs> like, snap. But that was like five years ago. <laughs> that is a nightmare for a fan. <laughs> like, Oh no, like, what happened to her? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So, um, 
you know, people did investigating and we, the fans have learned that (laughs) not that she's told us, but we, the fans figured out that, you know, her mother passed. She had some issues with her house and she had Lyme disease. Oh, that's what we think happened. But she's back now (laughs) and we're excited. (laughs) That's probably the most exciting thing now that think about it. I don't even need my second, (laughs) second comment because that's the thing I really been (laughs) looking at. (laughs) That is funny. I have an author like that, that I wish they would put out another series similar. Speaking of, I could not get Fola to read the Dark Angel series, but I, in one year, I gifted you. Was yes. it the first book, or did I give you the you whole series? You gave me the first book. Okay. I think I read the first book. You got really excited. You ran to the room immediately and gave me the <laughs> other two. And they are in the shelf in my nerd room. Still, like I was looking at them yesterday. (laughs) I got through maybe a third of the second book, and then I just didn't finish it. And you know, when I think about it, it's a it's a good story. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you've recommended like stuff I've enjoyed. Mm. You know, it's not like I I haven't enjoyed it, but I just never went back to it to finish it. Mm. Maybe after this run, I might go take a look. (laughs) I don't know. I just want somebody to read the Dark Angel series so I can nerd out about them. I mean, I've nerded out with you about the first book. How much nerding <laughs> do you need? <laughs> I really want someone to feel finish the entire series because I feel like we we are at similar in that we really love um, like uh, Tamora Pierce. I love her. Yes, yes. But as much I've as been I love for a new book from her too, <laughs> um, she needs to finish the New Mare Chronicles. I've been reading her since I was twelve. I'll never let it go. Same. <laughs> so I remember she was like one of my first favorite authors like just you know in the school library and I think I found it was an Alana um, yes exactly uh, that same thing happened yes. to me Alana <laughs> with a little dusty cover back yeah. book like it was from the 70s <laughs> we went to the same middle school so it was probably the same book <laughs> and there was no going back after her she is yes. just a phenomenal author I love her stuff I am secretly afraid that she's gonna die before she finishes the new Mare Chronicles <laughs> because she's older you know uh, I'm afraid. Uh, where's some wood? To, I think this is yeah. wood. Oh, wait, you got it. I got it. I got yeah, it. Yeah. Go. Knock, on <laughs> Knock on wood. Yeah, but yeah, she is awesome. And I would have said that she is my favorite author, and she probably still mm-hmm. is as far as overall body of work. But my favorite. Ooh, I forgot about Garth Nix. His um, Sabriel. I read that back in the day, but I think I was reading it as it was come out, and mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure. I finished it all the way. I remember reading Aborson. Mm-hmm. Was that the first book? No, Sabriel was the first book. Lyra, Lyra L was the second book. And then Aborson was actually the third book. Was it the last book? I feel like there might be one more. It could be the last book, though. I actually need to look into it because I feel, you know how yeah, sometimes I people... I really enjoyed the concept. Like, I, I read those books at least 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah. Well, longer I think because I'm older than I think I am. Uh, (laughs) I definitely read them probably 20 years ago, 20, 25 years ago, if I'm being more accurate. And I remember the concept with Mm -hmm. the bells and the lights and all that. I thought it was awesome. It is awesome. Yeah. That reminds me. I don't think I've ever told Bola about that. I should suggest that to her as a fantasy series that she might enjoy. Yeah. I I have fond memories. I couldn't tell you a lot of the details, but I remember really enjoying it. Yeah, but I really like that series. But as far as my favorite series ever, I think it's actually the Dark Angel series, like the world building, the Mm -hmm. story arc. 
I'm not going to give any spoilers since you haven't finished reading well, them. Well, I, I think what made it hard for me is that I, I read a lot of books with a lot of violence in mm-hmm. them all the time. You know, like uh, that Cressley Cole series that I love so much. Mm-hmm. Like, it, there's a lot of violence in ah, it. You know, okay. it's vampires becoming <laughs> paired with witches and, you know, all mm-hmm. these immortal beings. They're at war with... Because in the background of the paranormal series, this particular series, there's a great war going on. Uh-oh. So there's all these different factions and alliances and mm. political intrigues and these characters aligning with these characters but you know there's also like i mean there's there's sex in it it's a romance novel there's there's sex but i've been reading romance novels since i was 12 so to be honest i skip over the sex scenes i don't even they do nothing for me it it, because you know every romance novel has the same formula and if you're familiar enough with the formula like Mm -hmm. i don't care about that flip flip five ten pages back to the plot back to the back to the war it's funny you say <laughs> yeah. that because i feel the same have you ever read any of the laurel k hamilton um, yeah you the nina blake yeah yeah remember you put me on to them and that's I right read that's them. how we became isn't that the book that i was reading when we became friends you were, or you, was it something else well you i think you were reading it mm-hmm. i didn't read those books until maybe two or three years ago mm-hmm. though um but you saw is that the one because you tell a story like you saw a cover and you're like we'll probably be friends I don't know. It, it probably was. <laughs> um, you used to read all the time. And I was like, all right, I'll let her do her thing. <laughs> it's like chemistry class or something. You know, it's always, always in a book. I'm like, all right, whatever. Um, but yeah, no, her stuff, like the Anita Blake series, I, I really enjoyed it to a point. But then I stopped reading because I don't either. They got really sexy or really violent or just it's it felt like a completely different world or completely Mm. different characters like for me if a character stops feeling like that character and Mm -hmm. they're making decisions and and things that don't feel like it's the character to me it starts to feel like because you know let's be realistic authors can't always author their own books 100 percent right so they get ghost writers they get people to help them and for for some authors you can kind of tell and like when that happens and the spirit of the character isn't there that that takes away the suspension of belief for me because I'm reading this to escape yeah if the escape is off then (laughs) why am I doing this I could be doing something else I got you yeah that's what happened with me with some of Sherlin um Sherlin Kenyon stuff she's also like a big paranormal romance author and I read like a ton of her stuff, but she has so many different series and she's so prolific that mm-hmm. she's impossibly prolific. Like there's absolutely no way <laughs> she's writing all this herself. And, you know, at a certain point, it's like these characters aren't even distinct from each other. Like some of the same phrases and passages are being said <laughs> and it's like all of these men can't all possibly be the biggest baddest man walking like i know they're all powerful men and they're all desirable but they can't all be the baddest thing all the time you know like it it just gets gets weird <laughs> after a certain point that's why i like cressley cole's stuff so much because all of the characters feel like distinct different people okay. they talk differently they have different mannerisms mm-hmm. you know um, and, and the words that they use to describe like their life experiences are all different. It's not the same cadence or mm-hmm. the same tone in every character. And I think a lot of authors kind of, I don't know, maybe, maybe because I'm a therapist and I know that people are different in so many dimensions mm-hmm. that like, if you're writing something and it feels like I'm looking at the same thing over and over again, I can tell. And it irks me because it's like, there's not enough nuances in this. This yeah. is not a full person that you're writing about. Like, is this character even real in your mind? Or are you just writing about a ghost? Like, what are you doing? 
I like that. But yeah, I I think I had the same issue with uh, the Anita Blake series as you. Mm-hmm. I loved them starting out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they but were then I think it was Narcissus and Chains. I didn't finish that book. It was a thick hardback book. I was so and I, I bought it as a hardback because I was that excited. It was like mm-hmm. new Anita Blake. And it was so much sex. That's what it was. It was too much <laughs> sex. It's like, because wasn't the character not sexual at first? Um, I mean, she was, but she wasn't like super duper. Yeah. Like, it's like it was taking over her mind and she couldn't think anymore. <laughs> it's like she became like a nympho or something or a succubus. Yeah. It was very strange. It was. And it's like, I enjoyed like the plot and like the different conflicts and stuff and the big bads that mm-hmm. would come up in the stories. But by Narcissus and Chains, there was like... 30 pages worth of sex and That's i'm like sex. yes yes i'm like i can't even flip far enough ahead <laughs> to like, find the plot fucking, like, <laughs> right? can you say fucking on the podcast it's fine okay we'll, we'll see if we reach a threshold if we reach a certain certain threshold i'll just mark it e as explicit okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it got so bad because like like you like I also enjoy reading certain fan fiction authors who I'm like, if you put out something, take all my money. Like if you div- mm-hmm. if you put out your own stuff, I will give you my money. But there are certain things where if I get to a sex scene, sometimes I'll read it. Sometimes I'm like, eh, flip, flip, flip. Yeah, it gets boring after a while because at the end of the day, there's only so many positions. <laughs> there's only so much that can be written about like when yeah. when you're an adult i mean you know when you're 12 and you haven't had sex you know or you're like you're a teen and you mm-hmm. haven't had a lot of sex you know it's you know interesting <laughs> and dynamic and really taboo mm-hmm. and you know it really heightens the story mm-hmm. and and you know enhances like engagement of, of the material but like you know once once you're old and you're grown and <laughs> you've been around the block a few times you know it's like okay all right you know <laughs> you didn't bent her over finish her off so we can get back <laughs> to, <laughs> to what we're doing yeah bola i hope this is the type of podcast you wanted today baby um <laughs> i might not get invited back <laughs> I was invited to blurt out, and that's what I'm doing. <laughs> no, this is what we want. <laughs> but I mean, come on. It's like you didn't did it. All right, big finish. Then let's get back to the plot, because you know there is a war going on, and the vampire horde wants to kill you. <laughs> you don't have time for this. You're on the battlefield. Let's go. <laughs> definitely happened in one of the books i read (laughs) (laughs) that is hilarious but yeah favorite book series is actually i mean series is actually the dark angel Mm -hmm. and i just really want to be able to talk about it with someone i don't know i I but none of my friends who enjoy that type of stuff have finished it Ooh, i should check with todd i gave todd yeah, talk. Maybe Todd is holding you down. Check with him. <laughs> see, see if he finished it. I, I just, I keep forgetting. I'm like, because I gifted you some. I yeah. gifted Todd. I can't remember if it was the first one or like all of them, but I forget who I've actually gotten this started and I forget to follow up. Like, did yeah, you well, you gave it? me them books at least two years ago, <laughs> maybe three. I mean, I, I did read them. You gave them to me at some point in the pandemic. So. Mm. I mean, I did read the first one, and you because I remember because you asked me about it. Oh, did you like the first one? I'm like, yeah, it was good. I liked it. And then you immediately, here are the other two. And I was like, I didn't commit to the other 
two books. <laughs> I told you I'd read the first one. You asked me to read the first one. I didn't say anything about book two and three. It's like, all right, I'll try book two. And I never made it. But I, I just I just looked at the book yesterday because I was in my room on my bookshelf <laughs> grabbing another Cressley Cole book. It was right next to a Cressley Cole book. And I just seen it. I'm like, what is that? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that series Whitney wanted me to read. And I grabbed my book and I went on. <laughs> oh, man. So any other blurred outs for you? Um, yeah, you know, we, uh, professional wrestling fan, uh-huh. big, big pro wrestling fan, uh, lapsed fan. And then I met my fiance a few years ago and he is a big fan. And so we watch a great deal of wrestling in our house. And that is actually why I have to leave on time today after the <laughs> podcast, because there is a pay-per-view. WWE is having money in the bank hmm. is the name of the pay-per-view. <laughs> and... Uh, the concept of the money in the bank match, like I'm so used to wrestling, like I don't even think about it, but I, I, I think people who don't know about wrestling would find the concept fascinating. So basically the idea is there is a ladder in the ring. Mm-hmm. Well, there isn't a ladder in the ring. There's a briefcase mm-hmm. that hangs above the ring. Oh. Um, and inside the briefcase, it, there's a contract for you to be able to get a title match anytime you want against any opponent. It's called cashing in. <laughs> uh, on the money in the bank briefcase mm-hmm. it's a very there, there's similar concepts in wrestling mm-hmm. but you know different promotions you know have different gimmicks so mm-hmm. in wwe they call theirs money in the bank but other promotions <laughs> do other things similarly and so basically the idea is you, you hang the prize over the ring mm-hmm. and the people in the match have to fight for the prize and ultimately whoever gets a ladder in the ring and gets to the top of the ladder and unhooks the prize and puts it in their hand <laughs> wins the match and so this can be done with like title belts and it's, you know, other prizes, mm-hmm. um, tournament prizes, things like that. But the idea is um, pretty, pretty fun because essentially like, you know, normally in order to get a title shot in wrestling, you have to be a contender. Mm. Now wrestling, you know, people always say, well, wrestling's fake. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> You're not telling me anything I don't know. And to what I would say to those people, I would say wrestling is really like a long form extended performance art based mm. off of theater in the round. It came out of um, carnivals in the 1800s basically mm. you had traveling carnivals and you know how you would have like the strong men acts yeah and, like, different wrestling acts um the people that traveled with the carnival came to realize that if they went ahead and fixed the fights and mm. fixed the shows they actually made more money from the patrons huh and so that's where professional wrestling comes from it comes from this idea that you're fixing a performance mm-hmm. for the entertainment of others that they come and they pay to see and over time that kind of grew into like a territory system in mm-hmm. the u.s where different regions would have different wrestling promotions and different acts um and what happened in the 80s is that vince mcmahon ran the territory system out of business when he <laughs> nationalized his company <laughs> and so what a lot of people remember in the 90s is they remember wwe versus wcw mm-hmm. and basically those were the only two national wrestling promotions that existed at the time. Yeah. And by national, you know, I just mean that they were on TV nationally that everyone could see because there's still smaller promotions that exist. There's still indie promotions that exist. Mm -hmm. But when you talk about pro wrestling, most people think WWE, WCW, because Mm -hmm. that's what they've been exposed to. Does WCW still exist? No, WCW, Vince McMahon ran WCW out of business 20 (laughs) years ago. (laughs) 
during the during what was called the Monday Night Wars, <laughs> and he bought that company. Okay. Yeah, and he had a monopoly on the business until about four years ago when oh. there was a challenger brand that came out called AEW. It stands for All Elite Wrestling, and they have shows on uh, TBS and TNT, and they partner with Warner Media. And so we watch. All of the wrestling. Like we watch <laughs> WWE. We watch AEW. Mm. Um, we don't. We watch some Mexican productions, mm. uh, promotions like Triple um, A. Um, we don't really watch CMLL because they're broadcast out of Mexico. It's hard to get a feed in the U.S. Uh. So we do watch some of their stuff when we can. Mm-hmm. Um, we watch New Japan. We watch mm. so much wrestling. Like, <laughs> I think it's at least when I when I met him. Mm-hmm. We were only watching two hours of wrestling <laughs> once a week. Mm-hmm. That's it on Wednesdays. <laughs> we were watching AEW Dynamite because at the time, WWE didn't have very strong programming. Oh. Uh, what happened about a year ago this summer is that Vince McMahon was forced to retire and his son-in-law became in charge of the creative in the company. Mm-hmm. And in wrestling, the person in charge of, charge of creative is the person who writes the show. Uh-huh. Because wrestling at the end of the day is a weekly live show. Mm-hmm. And each wrestler is playing a character Mm -hmm. and each match is basically its own story Mm -hmm. that may contribute to the overall show or it may contribute to a long form show, typically building up in between pay-per-views, which could be anywhere between one to three months. Mm -hmm. So telling these long form stories. And so, you know, his son-in-law is is an old wrestler named Triple H. He doesn't wrestle anymore. He was huge in the Attitude Era. It's Triple H? Yeah, Triple H is Vince McMahon's son-in-law. Oh, yeah. snap. He actually married Stephanie McMahon for real. They have three daughters. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they were married on TV, mm-hmm. but they were, they're also married in real life. They've been married for, like, 20, 25 years, something like that. Wow. Yeah. So Triple H is in charge of WWE now, mm-hmm. more or less. Um, I say more or less because they just recently got bought by Endeavor and they Endeavor owns UFC. And so basically when Endeavor bought WWE, they put Vince McMahon back in charge despite his sex scandal. Oh, but he's like nominatively in charge. But if you know wrestling really well, you can kind of see where Vince is in the product and you can kind of see where Triple H is in the product. And Mm. it's kind of like a weird thing, but still enjoyable for now. But I think (laughs) if it becomes unenjoyable, maybe we can cut out five hours of wrestling (laughs) because it's three hours of wrestling on Mondays. Mm -hmm. I work late on Tuesdays, so I don't have to watch two hours of wrestling on Tuesdays. (laughs) Two hours of wrestling (laughs) on Wednesdays. On Thursdays, we do comedy. (laughs) We watch comedy stuff. Fridays, it's three hours of wrestling. (laughs) And then at least one Saturday a month, there is a pay-per-view that's three hours. And then there's some months where there's multiple pay-per-views from different promotions. AEW only does a pay-per-view once a quarter. Mm -hmm. But they just had a pay-per-view just this past Sunday. It was four hours long, five hours if you add the (laughs) pre-show. So, you know, some months it can be insane. Like there was one (laughs) August where there were six pay-per-views. And I, I just had to tell him, I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Like we have to watch something else. And the way we balance it out in our household is that I love period pieces. Mm-hmm. So we watch a lot of period pieces, <laughs> <laughs> period pieces, whodunits, <laughs> masterpiece theater. He has, he has seen all of Downton Abbey. He has favorite characters. He likes to pretend he's, he wasn't into it. He was into it. <laughs> He has very strong opinions about characters. He has very strong opinions about how they let Lady Sybil die. (laughs) He felt very strongly about that. (laughs) The fact that they did not take him to the hospital. 
he he felt a type of way. He complained about that for 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we we've watched like, you know, pole dark and he watches Bridgerton with me and we, we just watched like the queen Charlotte Bridgerton. He felt very strongly about that as well. He, he, what he doesn't like is when male characters in these shows have these secrets and if they just tell the woman what's going on, they can resolve the problem. But they spend all this time hiding it. And he doesn't care for that. And anytime he sees it, it drives him nuts. And it just drives him nuts. And he just sits there. He'll sit there on the couch. Why won't he just tell her? Just tell her what's going on. Constantly throughout the whole show. He felt that way the first season of Bridgerton. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I and the thing about it is, you know, I think that came out in December or mm-hmm. something like that. I think he was staying with me that weekend. And I said, hey, babe, you know, there's this show. I've been waiting for it to come on. Is it okay if we watch a couple hours? Like, we don't have to watch the whole six hours. But, you know, I really want to watch a couple mm-hmm. just so I can talk with my friends about it. And he was like, yeah. And so after about maybe three hours, I go to cut it off. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I can cut it off. We can watch something else. He's like, nah. <laughs> I got to see what's going on with the Duke. <laughs> He's like, I need to, I need to see what's going on. Hook line he, felt, he felt the type of way about the Duke. <laughs> he was like, why won't he just tell her what he went through? Like, why won't he just tell her? And I'm like, are you sure, baby? He's like, no. He's like, I'm not leaving till I know what's going on with the Duke. And we watched the whole thing all in one day. <laughs> uh, awesome. Yeah, life's about balance. <laughs> so in our house, it's pro wrestling and period pieces. And our wedding is wild English garden plus pro wrestling. That's the theme. <laughs> one half period piece, one half pro wrestling. And people can wear period piece attire. They can wear semi-formal <laughs> attire. And I've told some people they can bring title belts. So we're going to see what happens. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Yeah. I'm, if we can just get there. <laughs> <laughs> You gonna get there. I have never seen anyone's wedding so planned, so like optimally planned, and by one person. Like Liqua is a freaking. It's it's it blows your mind. Like this is who you want planning things for you. She is. I think at one point I've referred to you as Machiavellian. Machiavellian. Yeah, you've called me that a couple <laughs> times over the years. Yeah. <laughs> Luke has got that long, the long play. <laughs> yeah. I like long-term stories, long-term planning, long-term <laughs> thoughts. I got with him the first date. I knew I was going to marry him. I'm like, I got to trap this dude. What I got to do? I'm like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to make meatloaf every Wednesday. <laughs> I'm going to rub his beard. I'm going to gas him up. Make it so he don't even want to look at another girl. <laughs> Trap them. You gotta. You gotta. At a certain point, you just gotta draw a line in the sand. This is it. I'm done. He's mine. He'll figure it out. I'll give him some time. I love it. Uh, my favorite. My favorite ship. My favorite real life ship. You were shipping us before we even went on our second date. I was thinking about that not too long ago. Because uh, for those for those of y'all who don't know, which I guess none of y'all do, because I haven't been here before, but um, Whitney actually went to Whitney and I went to the same high school, mm-hmm. but she went to the technical center, and my fiance Kenny also he went to a different high school, but he knew her through the technical center. Mm-hmm. So we met online. I was swiping through his profile online, and I seen 
his I seen him I thought he was cool I had been talking with him for three days so you know we were thinking about meeting up so I texted the girls like hey this is the guy I'm talking to right now I think I'm gonna go out with him and Whitney goes oh my god Kitty I know Kitty he's awesome (laughs) and I'm like okay this is a good sign this is a good sign (laughs) and then it come to find out our good friend Julian um also knew Kenny through um ECPI? school yeah ECPI they'd, they'd taken classes together mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think I was like I think the day before my first date with him I had I had dinner with Julian mm-hmm. and Julian figured out who he was I wouldn't tell him his name or anything like that but Julian figured out who he was <laughs> and then immediately did like a background check on him and looked <laughs> him up and made sure he was good and then he gave his sign of approval and I was like okay well these are you know two of my closest friends people opinions I value really high they think this is a good idea all right I'm gonna go ahead and and move forward and now you guys are in the wedding so it it comes comes full circle like sometimes you just gotta listen to your friends (laughs) nice so was that that was that the end of your blurred out you got anything else yeah no i mean no money in the bank and crustly coal money in the banks at three o'clock today so i'm gonna go watch that pay-per-view and then i don't have to watch any more pay-per-views until Sometime in July, <laughs> which, oh, wait, no, it is July. So <laughs> I think the next big one is, is SummerSlam. That's August sometime. Mm. Yeah. That is awesome. All right. Let's see. What did it, what was I? Oh, I had, I kind of, I can't remember if I talked about it, but I am blurting out about Yellow Jackets. I don't know if you heard of that. I think I saw a commercial maybe. Yeah, it's a Showtime show. They just had their the end of their second season, but I just started watching it like a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I watch shows with my mom when we have our like family. We do family dinners Wednesdays and Sundays. Mm-hmm. And after after my brother and his family have gone home, because, you know, <laughs> nephews are four and six. And a lot of things we like to watch cannot be watched by four and six year olds or should not be watched by four and six year olds. Mm-hmm. We start watching whatever we've decided is our 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 mother daughter watch <laughs> thing. Mm-hmm. So we finished like Vikings. That was awesome. We just finished season two of Yellow Jackets. That show is so good. Actually, you should watch it, Lequa. I don't have Showtime. Oh, okay. And we're not buying no more streaming services <laughs> in my house. We have Apple TV Plus. I have no idea why. <laughs> you should check out, um, what was it that I just finished? What? Ted Lasso just finished. That show's amazing. I don't want to watch it mainly because I have a couple of people at work that tell me that I remind them of the black lady therapist on the show and something about that's not rubbing me right. So <laughs> <laughs> She was a favorite character of mine, though. I, I, I could see some of it, like not exactly, but, you know, being excellent at her job. I see that in you. Yeah. Yeah. I see it. I see it. Yeah. But I think you would like it. it it's It's such a really good feel good show. And it's like awesome all the way through mm-hmm. and they it just ended three seasons and i also like the fact that you know they didn't drag it out until it started getting bad yeah you know i think the way the way they tell stories on like masterpiece theater mm-hmm. and stuff like that is you know very british most of the time and the idea is like i had to learn this when i first started really getting into it in america we have seasons of mm-hmm. shows in britain they have series so the 
whole first series mm-hmm. is meant to, t- to tell a contained story. Mm. And then if they get renewed, they tell more story. Mm. And I really like that approach because I like stories to have a beginning, a middle and an end. I don't necessarily like them to go on for forever. Yeah. Like, you know, even in pro wrestling with it being like a long form story art that, you know, has no, no ending because mm-hmm. they have a show every week, the different stories within the show get wrapped up and then they tell new stories. They don't do the same thing over and over and over again, mm. or just the same, you know, like how soap operas go for forever. Like, no, I can't <laughs> Recycling stand that. that same story. No, I can't stand that. <laughs> yeah. But Yellow Jackets is just Freaking, oh, Shrinking might be interesting. I haven't finished it yet, but that's on Apple TV+. Plus. Shrinking? Mm-hmm. I don't think I know what that is. It's a show. It's got Harrison Ford, and I think it's Jason Segel is the guy's name. Mm-hmm. And they're shrinks, but the one dude has, like, uh, his wife dies, and he has, like, some type of crisis, and he just starts telling his patients what he actually thinks. I think I saw a commercial for that, and I think I decided, like, I'm not watching that. So it's there are not a lot of TV shows mm-hmm. about therapists, and when I do watch therapists that are depicted in the media, a lot of times they're depicted poorly. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of times they're depicted doing things like... um sleeping with their patients or dating their patients. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no therapist, like that is such a huge violation Mm -hmm. for like, you immediately lose your license. Like no therapist would ever do that Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) or socializing, becoming friends with their patients. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, the the, the biggest slap on the wrist, like you immediately like lose your livelihood, like upon it being reported, like it's so not a thing. Mm -hmm. And, or, you know, they'll, you know, Oh, the therapist can read my mind. My therapist has superpowers. It's like, no, that's not what we do. Like we're not a magic wand. And so like a lot of, I don't know, a lot of depictions of it. Cause like, you know, I I saw a commercial, he's like telling his patient what he thinks. And it's just his, his behavior is just so inappropriate. It's just like, no, like I can't, (laughs) like, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to be okay watching this. Absolutely not. And honestly, this is very random, but um, Kitty and I are watching uh, Rick and Morty, which I actually really enjoy. Really? A a lot of women I know don't enjoy Rick and Morty because it's disgusting. There are (laughs) are aspects to it that are very disgusting. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to lie. But what I like about it is a lot of the Mm sci-fi, but I also like the family dynamics and how the family dynamics are depicted on the show. Mm. Um, And I think we're in... I don't know if it's season three or season four right now, mm-hmm. but uh, we we just recently watched the Pickle Rick episode mm-hmm. recently. And if anyone watches Rick and Morty, they'll know the Pickle Rick episode. It's like one of the most favorite episodes. Basically, there's this mad scientist character. He turns himself into a pickle <laughs> to avoid family therapy. <laughs> <laughs> But his daughter realizes that that's what he did. And she takes the human return serum away from him Mm -hmm. and goes to therapy and leaves him as a pickle. (laughs) And then he has to engineer arms and legs from himself. So first he does it with like a cockroach. Then he does it with like rats. Um, Because if he doesn't get the serum within himself in about an hour, he's going to die. So basically he's fighting his way to family therapy (laughs) as a pickle. (laughs) And then when he gets to family therapy, the therapist reads him to smithereens <laughs> and she does it in like the best way. I'm just like, that 
is an actual depiction of, of how a therapist would react in that, <laughs> in that situation. Like that is a, th- a therapist wrote that. That was right. <laughs> so sometimes people get it right. And the Pickle Rick episode of Rick and Morty did a good job. <laughs> I, I mean, being that I liked stuff like, um, well, Steven Universe, I could see why I like that anyway. But like, I love Steven Universe. I watched Adventure Time and loved Adventure Time. Mm-hmm. Their world building, I thought, was like really great. And the kind of like, I don't know, just something about it was awesome. I never had an interest in Rick and Morty. I didn't really know what it was about either. Honestly, I never had an interest in Rick and Morty. I I always thought of it as kind of like a dude show. Mm -hmm. And honestly, the people that were always telling me to watch it were like typically white dudes. (laughs) And with white dude nerds, (laughs) you have to be really careful which of their recommendations they follow. You follow because like there can be like misogyny or Mm -hmm. like, um, you know. Uh, bad depictions of race you know just like sexism like just be all kinds of problems in the stuff that they are like oh i love this this is so great this Mm -hmm. is so awesome like you can feel like not represented and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but i mean for me just as someone who really enjoys sci-fi like it's just interesting i find it really interesting and basically the reason we ended up re like watching it from the beginning Mm -hmm. is um I think this was around mother's day i think season six might have dropped on hbo max and oh. um he was watching it and i was like setting up mother's day and i was on the phone with my brother and mm-hmm. stuff like that but i caught like different snippets of the episodes you know cleaning the kitchen i was like oh this is this is interesting and so then i just sat down and watched a couple with him and mm-hmm. i was like oh don't don't watch this without me mm-hmm and so then we, you know, finished up season six and I was like, okay, I, I kind of understand. Cause you know, I'll go and I'll Wikipedia and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I'm like, okay, I kind of understand what's going on, but, but what? Because you know, there, <laughs> there was like some cloning happening and it's like, oh, so-and-so is a clone of such and such. And they all nope. know. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> and so then it's like, you know what? Maybe we should just go back and watch it from the beginning so I can fully appreciate all of it and understand all of it mm-hmm. and what's going on. Because out of all of like the black, like nerds that I've ever known, mm. especially like the girls, only one of them has ever said that they enjoyed Rick and Morty. Everyone else <laughs> has always said it's just it's just filthy. And I think my siblings showed me the Pickle Rick episode a long time ago, and mm-hmm. I just thought it was disgusting. <laughs> because understand, in order for him to get this cockroach body, he has to bite the head off of a cockroach uh-huh. and stick his tongue in the brain oh. to pilot the arms. Oh, okay, wow. disgusting, <laughs> filthy. <laughs> appallingly nasty okay (laughs) and also this character is an alcoholic and is routinely vomiting on himself and burping and so he's depicted like in his in his drawing he just has vomit on his face all the time (laughs) right disgusting (laughs) the science is fascinating (laughs) the sci-fi is fascinating the little cultures and the species and the adventures that they go on fascinating the family dynamics and how this family heals all this trauma that they have within themselves while there's also all these interdimensional beings and all these different copies and different universes fascinating some of the characters disgusting (laughs) and if you can kind of manage all your feelings about it Mm -hmm. it's a very interesting show but there's gonna be moments where you're gonna be like "Eh, i can't watch that (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna add that to my watch list i mm -mm. Recommendation from Lequa, yeah. I'm going to add that to my watch list to watch at some point. It's sounding interesting. Yeah, it's on HBO Max. Okay, cool. Or Max. Max. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All these freaking changes that HBO's streaming platform has gone through. I mean, I've enjoyed watching uh, Four Brides. 
and all the all the reality TV that I used to watch back in the day, <laughs> all the wedding shows. To be honest, um, I've only ever watched it on vacation, like at the the resort mm-hmm. TV head, but like. 90 day fiance or the 90 day fiance the other way especially the ones yeah. where they had the commentary with the other people mm-hmm. i actually do really enjoy that so that <laughs> i was at uh i think for easter one of the cousins came down and she put on what's that i don't know it's something about brother wives i think is what it's called <laughs> something about uh the the woman having two husbands oh, or, and then she was trying to get a third <laughs> and how all that was going but before that we watched some other show i guess it was called sister wives was the first <laughs> one and we couldn't figure out how this one man had three wives and i, I just got fast it's like train track you know, car crash <laughs> fascination i just i sat there and i watched at least two or three episodes because i was like what is going on here <laughs> and the the cousin that put it on she has a she has a PhD in sociology mm-hmm. and she works, um, her work is all about, you know, uh, marginalized black people mm-hmm. and, and uh, politics and trying to, you know, promote empowerment. And mm. so I'm like, why are you watching this? Like, what is this about? <laughs> She's like, this is, this is fascinating. She's like, look at this. <laughs> and we were just, we just sucked it. I'm like, I can't believe like, how did he, what, what is going on? And they're like, Oh, well, you know, because, you know, to be clear, I have no problem with, polyandry i have mm. no problem with with polygamy i have no problem with open relationships you mm. know non-monogamous unions things like that you know absolutely nothing wrong with those relationship models mm. that's fine but when you watch some of these reality shows and this is why i have a hard time watching reality tv just in general like mm. ever since you know i became a therapist and like even in grad school because when you look at some of the dynamics you can clearly see i guess if you have training you can see where oh, this person is being manipulative. This mm. person is narcissistic. This person is gaslighting. This mm. person is taking advantage. This person is grooming. And I don't find, like, watching that mm-hmm. entertaining. Oh, yeah. Right? Because it's like, no, like, you can see, like, on camera, you can see, like, no editing, none of, none of the confessionals cut together as a story. It's like, I can see in this moment right here, like, you know, all those bad girls shows, and it's like, oh, you know, these women are arguing, and they're throwing drinks on each other. I'm mm-hmm. like, these women have poor emotional re- regulation, and they're behaving <laughs> appallingly, and they're getting rewarded for it with fame and money, <laughs> and this is not okay. <laughs> so I don't find, like, stuff like that entertaining, mm-hmm. but I was very surprised when I got sucked into the Sister Wives. <laughs> Because I was just so fascinated with the dynamics. They're like, oh, we're in love with this person. This person betrayed us. I'm like, that person was clearly using you for a ticket to America. (laughs) How did y'all not see this? (laughs) It's like, what do you mean you're heartbroken? I was in a relationship with this person for three years. They lived in another country. What do you mean? (laughs) What define relationship? Y'all don't even speak the same language. Make this make sense (laughs) to me. So, like, these shows are something else. <laughs> it's like, it's like what, define relationship. as You wanted to have sex with her and keep her as a pet? Is that what you meant? Because that is not a relationship, my friend. <laughs> like, that's not okay. And it's just like, you're clearly taking advantage of this person that doesn't speak your language, is coming from a poor country, mm-hmm. needs the money, and then you're upset that they didn't come to live with you so that they could be an essential, you know... I don't know, not chattel slavery, but what's in, what is it? An indentured servant? Like what, (laughs) what is going on? Wow. That is, mm. I see all kinds of things when I watch TV. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we watch period pieces in pro wrestling. (laughs) 
everybody loves Raymond <laughs> and movies. That's what we watch at my house. <laughs> oh man. I'm going to, um, cut the, well, yeah, I'm going to cut out one of mine, but yellow jackets is just really good. Mm-hmm. If you ever do get the opportunity to watch it, you get like a trial of showtime or something. The premise of the show is this soccer team, girls soccer team is on the way to the championships. Their plane goes down in Canada in the wilderness. Oh my goodness. They are stuck out in the wilderness for 18 months. Lord have mercy. So in Canada? <laughs> yeah. So the story is going back and forth between their adult selves like 25 years later, the ones who survived. I'm about to say it sounds a little Lord of the Flies to me. <laughs> yes. Yes. There's some cannibalism. <laughs> Lord in of the Flies slash Maze Runner. <laughs> And it's just so entertaining because Wait, it's cannibalism. So they fried <laughs> these girls fried each other up. <laughs> you look good at beauty. What you doing? Fry her up. <laughs> it was like by accident the first time. The like, accident. The first <laughs> as far as you know, they weren't trying to like fry her up, but they were having like a you know like a little funeral pyre. She died. They put the little funeral pyre together. They're, they found this cabin they're staying in. The funeral pyre is outside. Instead of her getting burned up to like a, you know, cremation crisp, some snow from the trees overhead comes down, uh-huh. <laughs> prevents her from being completely crisped up. And they wake up in the morning. They're like, what's that smell? Oh, no. So they go outside and she's just, I guess. She just, she just got roasted. Yes. <laughs> Yes. They say, oh, she extra crispy. We go. <laughs> so, you know, they're starving. So, they, yeah, they ate her. <laughs> Other than one of the adults, the only adult who survived, the co- one of the coaches, he did not eat her. And he was horrified <laughs> by these women. Cause he, and, he's, um, and he's gay. So, he's like having these flashbacks of talking to his partner and about what happened if he didn't get on the plane. He's like, yeah, these girls are just vicious. And so, seeing these. Girls eat these. I like. absolutely believe that these high school girls fried each other up and ate them. I absolutely believe this. But it is so entertaining. Like Christina Ricci's character, her name oh, is Misty. Like her. Yes, yeah. she is the best character on the show. She's like the kind of an outcast. She's really super nerdy, but when they get out in the wilderness. All of her little nerdiness, like knowing all this different random stuff, actually helps them to survive. Mm-hmm. Which is part of the reason why they were out there so long. Because she found the little box. And because she heard some of the people walking by saying, I don't know what we'd do if Misty weren't here. She's such an outcast. And mm-hmm. she's like, in her head, I guess, is just like, oh, now they like me. Now I'm useful. <laughs> so she destroys <laughs> the little thing, the black box or whatever. Mm-hmm. But she just does all these things. Misty is, what did they say at one point? A closer. Like <laughs> stuff pops off like in their adult lives. So they're going back and forth between mm-hmm. what happened then and them um, 25 years later with Christina Ricci playing the adult version of Misty and this reporter who's trying to find out stuff from them. One of the people get kidnapped. Misty got cameras set up in one of the girls um, apartments mm-hmm. or whatever. Like it's like a, it's not an apartment. It's like a home just to keep an eye on people. Misty is finding that shit out. That crazy. <laughs> yes. She is legit well, crazy. If we ever get Showtime, I'll put it on my list. You would love it, but she is just so entertaining. Because mm-hmm. then she just go and she just be out here. She didn't kill the, the reporter lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, 
when they finally all come together near the end of season two, they're like, oh, you don't have to worry about so-and-so. I took care of it. They're like, what do you mean you took care of it? Lord have mercy. And one of the girls <laughs> kills her lover uh-huh. by accident because she thinks that he's blackmailing her and has done all this stuff. It wasn't him. It was actually her husband who did it. It was trying to blackmail her friends because they had money. So she kills him by accident. Is this all white ladies? Yes. Except for one, one of the main characters is a black lady. She's very, she looks like she probably could be mixed though. But it's just entertaining because she's like, they find the body and she's like, did you bury him six feet um, under like I told you? She's like, I knew I should have did it myself. And I'm like, this is the stuff that entertains me. I love Can Christina Ricci. Having the, like, I don't, first of all, if I'm murdering somebody, <laughs> I don't see me digging no hole. Like, <laughs> that, I just, I don't see me digging no six foot, six foot deep hole. I just, I don't see it. <laughs> Yeah, the person they asked to do it is probably also not the best person to ensure that they followed all the instructions. Yeah, I mean, like, they're going to be in a shallow grave in the woods. Like, that, that's, that's probably it. what she like, did. I, like, Natalie's That's probably character. how all the murders get caught because <laughs> they're like, this feet, too, that's too, too much exercise. Too much work. <laughs> like, when was the last time you dug a hole? <laughs> I don't even like digging my car out of the snow. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> this is just not going to happen. Yeah. But yeah. Being that you like Christina Ricci, like check if you get the opportunity, check out Yellow Jackets. So good, mm-hmm. so good. Yeah, you guys just got to check that out. It's amazing. I can't wait until they have whatever the third season is going to be. But it's just an awesome show with great character. Well, especially Misty, Misty, Christina Ricci, phenomenal. Yeah, she's always been good. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. She is also already well, not already always awesome Mm -hmm. (laughs) but the other thing i just wanted to touch on really quick before we get into maine is just the jonathan majors video oh gosh yeah (laughs) just really quick because at first i was excited well i the reason i know about it is because of video i didn't watch the video i just saw like the headline of the video was like video evidence i don't know about any of this man (laughs) i don't know either i would be really happy if he didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's one of those things you never know. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think I talked about this on one of our prior episodes. It's like, how do you balance that? You like, you want to believe victims, but you can't, you can't also just throw someone under the bus. You don't know yeah. what. I would say, I don't know. I, I, I probably have a very twisted perspective about it just based off of work. So I, I've worked with a lot of people mm-hmm. who've suffered domestic violence. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, domestic violence is two ways, mm. right? So, you know, there there may be the person who's, like, for lack of a better term, getting beat up the most. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, that person beats the other person up. Now, this isn't, like, 100%, mm-hmm. like, all the time. But there very much is this kind of mutual abuse that happens mm. because these are very toxic unsafe unhealthy relationships that can be mutually toxic both ways Mm -hmm. and there's different levels like you know there's all different types of abuse you know there's verbal abuse there's emotional abuse there's physical abuse sexual abuse our society tends to focus more on physical abuse more than anything Mm -hmm. um and that's you know what gets talked about but we don't always kind of think about you know like when i was talking about reality shows earlier how Mm -hmm. many times have you seen like a woman cussing 
her uh, man out mm-hmm. and a man cussing her woman out, you know, or, you know, two members of any couple cussing each other out back and forth, someone mm-hmm. throwing something, someone, you know, moving objects towards the person, like mm-hmm. threatening as if they're going to hit the person. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to get so-and-so out of you. Like, it's so normalized in our culture. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just a certain amount of violence and harshness and brutality to our culture yeah. that's so extensive nowadays that it's it's kind of hard to... Like, for me, it, it's almost hard to, to get enraged in, in any way because it's like, okay, so there's lots of different optics you can look at it mm-hmm. here. You could look at it like, oh, there's this man. He hit this woman. This is bad. Mm-hmm. You can also say there is this black man mm-hmm. who looks like a throwback to the civil rights movement, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? He has a certain look about him mm-hmm. where people are more likely to... Inc- believe that he is violent Mm. regardless of if he is violent or not Mm -hmm. and then you have this white woman and then historically white women have been the most dangerous people Mm. to have around black and brown people Mm. right you know Emmett Till like I will never let that go like personally I Mm -hmm. will never let that go I remember learning about that when I was young you know having read like Watson's Go to Birmingham Roll of Thunder Hear My Cry my family's from the deep south hearing Mm. about you know, how members of our family have been, you know, attacked and mm-hmm. things like that. You yeah. know, grandparents grew up in, in Jim Crow and, um, you know, hearing about Emmett Till, you know, he got just brutalized mm. for whistling mm-hmm. at a white girl. And then come to find out, you know, decades later that one white woman says, oh, that didn't even happen. I made it up. Mm. Right. And you can go on TikTok and you can see all these different videos of, you know, white women like crying tears and, you know, weaponizing and like you know, playing the victim Mm -hmm. to like win power. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the number of times, even just in my professional life, like where colleagues have said, oh, you know, I don't think she likes me. She's being mean to me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And, you know, that harming me professionally because some white woman got upset because I didn't smile at her that day or I didn't want to be her friend or Mm -hmm. didn't seem friendly enough to her. So we've got this, this very real like history of, white women being dangerous <laughs> to black people. And so it's like, okay, this incident happened with a white woman. Well, can we trust this mm-hmm. because of all of the politics and all of the optics and what was said to have happened. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you have, you know, people in his own art community coming out and saying, Oh, but you know, he has instances of being toxic. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, what does that mean? Yeah. You know, who, who's defining the toxicity what happened Mm -hmm. because also nowadays we live in cancel culture and you can bury anyone Mm -hmm. with with the words you know small stuff that doesn't even it's like there's no nuance so it's like you know you've got all these layers and then the other layer is you know how much does it matter when it comes to the art Mm -hmm. right can you separate the art from the artist, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, this is a conversation we've been having in our community, like the black community for forever, mm-hmm. you know, because like R. Kelly's in jail right now. Mm-hmm. R. Kelly should have been in jail 20 years ago. <laughs> People are still playing his music, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> his music lives on. Mm-hmm. All that stuff that happened with Michael Jackson, you know, him being accused of being a, a you know child molester, child abuser, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. He's been dead since 09. Mm-hmm. People still play his music, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? You know, and, and and there's like history of like, you know, all of these, I guess, you know, artists, like maybe not being the best people mm-hmm. and, you know, being violent, mm-hmm. but how much does it matter from the art? You know, it's like, yeah, you want to be a conscious consumer, but it's like, so 
you know, what does this mean? Does this mean that I have to like limit myself from watching the things that I enjoy that give me peace mm-hmm. because this person may have done something, mm-hmm. you know, and, and who, who gets to decide that? So I, I think it's just really, really complex. And, you know, like I remember when it dropped every single nerd had a, <laughs> that I knew <laughs> had something, every single blurred really, because to be quite honest, I'm, I might only have like maybe, I think maybe Ted and mm-hmm. maybe like, I would say Ted is like my only like white nerd. No, Ted and Jason mm-hmm. are like my only two like white nerd friends. Mm-hmm. Everyone else blurs <laughs> like like a hundred percent. And you know we've got like the rest. I call them the wrestling bros, but mm-hmm. you know all of Kenny's friends that watch wrestling with us, plus mm-hmm. you know all of my friends, and heard from everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody had an opinion, and it's just like I can't feel that I can have one. Like mm-hmm. I don't really. No, I, I want, you know, I need to see. I need yeah. to see what information they give us. I need to, I mean, not see the video per se, but I, I you know, I want to hear, mm-hmm. you know, the whole story mm-hmm. and not just like bits and pieces in the impression. Yeah. And I think the whole story comes out in court and then maybe we decide. Mm-hmm. Um, does that mean that I'm not going to watch him in performances? I don't know because I think he's a hell of an actor. Does that mean that I never watch Lovecraft Country again? Hell Absolutely no. not. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I draw the line. <laughs> Absolutely not. Put on a hell of a performance in Lovecraft Country. <laughs> yes. and, and, and I greatly enjoyed it. So, so I was like, no. Like, does it mean that, you know, I, you know, I don't know what it means. It is. It's so interesting because I'm glad that you said that because I feel that way about pretty much anything anything anytime something like this comes out it's like the only people who really know are the two people who are involved with it and sometimes it's questionable about that because you Mm -hmm. know the people who I don't know are just like lie all the time and believe their own lies like so they (laughs) might not even know (laughs) the truth because they've twisted it in their mind but it's like it you don't want to you can't you don't want to pass judgment but then it's like our culture makes it so difficult like everybody wants to ask the question what do you think what do you think i think to me it seems like they were probably in a mutually abusive relationship Mm. i felt the same way about johnny depp and amber heard i felt Mm. like they were in a mutually abusive relationship Mm. um where she was clearly more violent, but maybe he was more psychological with his abuse. Mm. When I kind of listened to the bits and pieces from the trial that I did allow myself to listen to. So I like to limit how much traumatic content I get exposed to in a day. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, that's, that's kind of what I came away with. And then I also felt like it changes nothing, you know, it's like, okay, so these might be your opinions, but I don't, I don't necessarily walk around with big opinions about actors, mm, right? Same. You know, but then again, it could be I'm not that into, you know, like I, I like movies. Movies are a big deal, but I'm, I might not get super attached to actors. I can tell you right now, like I'm, I'm much more attached to like comedians that I follow mm-hmm. and much more attached to the pro wrestlers that I follow. Mm-hmm. Now, if it came out like one of my favorite pro wrestlers beat the hell out of some girl, yeah, I'm going to feel the type of way about mm-hmm. it because it's like, man, I can't support you no more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that does happen in wrestling. Like sometimes mm-hmm. you find out that your favorite wrestler is abusive or was in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite wrestlers of all time, a guy named X-Pac, used to be in DX back in the 90s, loved him, like <laughs> loved X-Pac back in the day. And then when reality TV kind of became a thing, um, his girlfriend, China, mm-hmm. uh, who was another the China? wrestler. Huh? The China? Yeah, China. Oh, snap. Yeah, he was with her uh, at one point. She did that 
what is it? The surreal life with the Brady. It, it was like a dude from the Brady bunch, one of the girls from top model, her, and then a couple other people it was on VH one back in the day, like probably like, I don't know, 10, well, at least 10, probably 15 mm-hmm. years ago, something like that. But you know, cause this was before she passed. Wait, and, what? Yes. China passed away. China did. Yes. She's no longer with us. RIP. Um, but she was on the show and she was clearly exhibiting some odd, like manic behavior and maybe mm. some drug related behavior. You know, when she did pass, they did come out and say that she had some problems with drugs. So you, it's hard to know. Mm. But one of the things that she was very clear about was that he was very abusive to her. Mm. Like when she was on the show filming and at one point he pulled up, like he was on camera, he pulled up. Mm-hmm. Like they, they didn't hit each other, have a scuffle. But mm-hmm. like when I found out like, oh man, this guy mm-hmm. isn't a good guy. Like, that was disappointing for me. Yeah. But when they had the DX reunion on Raw on the 30-year anniversary of Raw a few months ago, I was still singing the song and dancing. So, (laughs) you know, it's hard to, like... Separate the artist from the art. Yes, because when they did that reunion, I was pumped, even though this is a bunch of (laughs) 50-year-old men (laughs) in the ring. (laughs) I'm just singing the song, break it down, like, having my moment. (laughs) And I think that's part of like what it means to be a fan. It's mm-hmm. like you appreciate the body of work. You appreciate the art. It's there for you emotionally. Mm-hmm. You have connections to it. And it's hard to separate that, mm-hmm. you know, from the person. It's like, oh, because this person did this, I have to give up this thing that I love so much. And I think that's really hard. I think that for me, it doesn't make sense to do that. If it's really impacted you in that type of way. You know, yeah. You shouldn't have to. You can... We're all complex. We cannot support a person, but still be like, and it's like, especially for something like a movie, there are mm-hmm. so many people involved in like a movie or television show. So you're going to like just trash all these people's work. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that for That's this one point. person. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because, um, I'm, I'm thinking about Ashley. Like mm-hmm. we have a, a good friend named Ashley that was a Harry Potter fan for mm. ever. Mm. And then when JK Rowling started being anti-trans or, mm. you know, whatever it is she's saying, I think I've been told she's a turf <laughs> trans exclusionary mm. radical, radical feminist, feminist. Yeah. I think is what that means. Um, and then Ashley threw away all her books oh, snap. and renounced all of her Harry Potter stuff took the little Harry Potter ring turn off her phone, mm-hmm. had to stop calling herself a Hufflepuff. Mm. And it really hurt her. I felt so bad for her. Mm. Like, I'm not sure it could have been me. Like if, <laughs> like, if, like if Tamora Pierce comes out tomorrow <laughs> and says, I hate Negroes. <laughs> I'm be like, all right. <laughs> like, all right, yeah. Where's the next book? <laughs> like, like, all right, like, like I, I didn't ask you all that. I asked you what Numera is up to. Like, I don't already spent the money. What am I throwing the books away for? Books are forever. Like, right? You know, if, you know, I don't already gave you my money. Okay, <laughs> you can have this little. I, I, I'm gonna buy the next two. You have this little fifty dollars. Like, you don't like Negroes? Okay, fine. What, what's up with Numera? Like, and that's just that's probably the decision I would make. I think it's the same for me. Like, art that really re- resonates with me, I'm like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. Like, I, I just don't see life's too short. There's too few chances at happiness. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have to do what you enjoy because otherwise, you're just working yeah. and slaving and suffering. And you know, how much suffering do you really need? True. True that. Snap, snap. 
snap, snaps. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our podcast. Please subscribe to our show on whatever podcast listening app you use and share the show with other blurred and non-blurred family and friends. And if you like this episode, please subscribe to our email newsletter at blurredtalkbw.ck.page and also rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. Intro and outro music is Twilight by Caption. You can find them on SoundCloud, username Caption spelled C-A-P-S-H-U-N. Show notes by Bola Hansen, audio engineering by Whitney Booker. And don't forget to get social, you guys. You can email us at blurredtalkbw at gmail.com. And our social media handles on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok is at blurredtalkbw. And our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash at blurredtalkbw. And we've got our individual things going on, too. You can find the Triple F Queen on Instagram at triple f queen b as in boy and my youtube channel is youtube.com slash at triple f queen b and you can find me whitney at luminabi studios my company and the email address is wit at luminabi.com spelled w-h-i-t at l-u-m-e-n-a-b-i dot c-o-m and you can also find me on twitter at luminabi studios